Your voice matters. 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 Welcome to Your Voice Matters. I'm Tammy Mulligan, host of the podcast and the executive director of Denver Urban Matters. Today, you get to hear episode two, and there have been a few lessons learned in producing this one. Making space and time for people to tell their story has been the easy part of this process that started last November. Learning the technical side of podcasting and production have been challenging. You will hear a buzz through much of this recording, and I promise the quality will improve. This interview was recorded before I understood all it took to make a good recording. But beyond the buzz, I hope you hear the story of Precious. She's a single mom who believes the more you give, the more you get. She tells an incredible story of forgiveness in the midst of growing up in and out of foster care, the repercussions of making bad decisions as a teenager when you have no one to help you, and ultimately paying a bigger price for those decisions, and her commitment to making her son's world better by getting her education. Well, Precious, here you are on Your Voice Matters, and I want to thank you for coming in and talking to me and being willing to tell your story. So I met you a couple weeks ago, and you've been volunteering at Denim for this semester. Yeah. And I want you to tell me how, why are you volunteering here? Um, I'm volunteering here because I'm doing a practicum um, through my human services class. So we're required to do 135 hours of community. They have different options you can do if you want to work with like the homeless community. They have options for youth or domestic violence. I was just more pushed towards home, the homeless um, community, so I was just more interested in that community. I actually uh, was actually referred through one of my advocates that I work with through Warren Village and she just kind of helped me um, connect with the right people to communicate and just set up the um, internship here. Nice. So where do you go to school? I go to um, the Community College of Denver. Nice. And where are you? What what your program is human services mm-hmm. where you're studying and where are you at in your program? Um, I am almost about to graduate with my associate's degree. Congratulations. So, yes, thank you. Uh, I After this semester, I'll have one more practicum to do. So I'm just kind of just looking into that, where I want to do that. And, and then I'll graduate, and I plan to graduate and um, transfer to Metro, Metro, Peace, uh, Metro State University. Um, I'm a graduate of there. I get, I, it's a good school. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, it's community college really prepares you for like the real deal I'm not saying that it's not the real deal but um it's a it was a different experience for me so I'm, i believe that i'm ready to push forward and go ahead and get my bachelor's degree that's fantastic tell me what you do when you volunteer at denim well i come on tuesdays and thursdays and so i usually do the intakes um when i come in so um, there's clients that are here, so I usually check them in. Um, if they've been here before, it's usually a little easier process of just checking them in, um, checking their information, if their address is still the same, phone number and income and so on, and um, just record the services that they got today um, and ask them if they need anything else and um, provide them with the information that they may need. 
a lot of people come in and ask for questions for other resources that we may not provide here at Denim. So um, I give the I give them lists and phone numbers um, and just make sure that they feel that they left here with everything that they needed besides food. Um, and just, you know, just feeling, you know, I want people to leave with a smile as well. So, so have you been successful at that? So far, yes, I think I have been. So um, I like it a lot. I really try to educate myself in every aspect so I know where, you know, everything is. Um, if there's a question that, you know, I haven't encountered, which I've come across a lot, I just want to know who to ask and make sure that I'm giving them the correct information and everything. So That's great. So I heard that the way, the way I heard a story about you was that you were picked to be the featured client from Warren Village on the website and you were featured on Nine News. Yeah. So you've received services yourself, but you're here at Denim giving services. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, I just believe that uh, the more you give is the more you get. Um, and it just, it goes hand in hand. Um, I love to give to other people because I feel like there was times that I, I wasn't giving, you know, and I really just had to fight for everything. So now that I'm, you know, in a place where I feel like I can give to others that, you know, aren't, you know, or in, we're in a place that I used to be. Um, it's just, I don't know, it makes my life easier. <laughs> it makes everything really worth it, you know. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. We'll, we'll go a little bit in reverse order. Uh, how did you get to Warren Village? And tell, tell me what Warren Village does. Okay. Well, Warren Village helps with um, single parents. Um, they help them with, it's, not just a housing opportunity, but it's just, um, it's a program that helps with every aspect of your life. So, um, for me personally, I, I was homeless and I was left with, um, just by myself and I had a newborn baby, you know, first time mom. So I was just like in shock and not really knowing what to do or where to go. Um, and I just, really didn't have a support system at the time either so I just kind of was dependent on my son's father at the time and it was just kind of like a reassuring situation and um, after my son was born it just uh, it just turned you know real ugly it just um, he just walked away from the relationship and everything and um, that was really hard for me and I was in a shelter with my newborn baby and I was just still going to school and working at the same time just trying to make sure that I had everything you know in order for him um, unfortunately the shelter I was at um, it closed down yeah. so um, it was um, the funding was cut or it was just a weird program um, that just wasn't existing anymore so um, and this was, it was a pretty big shelter, so it wasn't like, you know, just an easy thing to go, I'll find another shelter. It was just like there were so many families that were had to go out and everybody was finding places and I I didn't, you know, and it was just real stressful and somebody referred me um, to Refer check out. Referred you to Warren Village? Yeah, they were like, check out Warren Village. And I, I really didn't know what that was. It was just like, check it out, so... Um, I remember driving past there and seeing a playground, so I thought it was like, oh, you know, maybe like a daycare center or something. 
Um, but when I checked it out, it was a totally different. Um, every, it was just totally different um, a program. You know, it wasn't like you just go in and like, oh, I just need housing. That's not what they're there for, just to provide housing. They want you to be self-sustainable. Um, within the community, you know, and they want you to be, you know, a part of the community because, you know, when you're homeless, it's kind of like you're just like cast away. You're like, ooh, it's almost like it's a disease, you know, like, oh gosh, you, ooh, you're homeless, you know. So um, just really just trying to get back into just being a functionable, like, human being in society, you know, and not having to be in survival mode every time. Um, so they they helped with housing, um, but I was also in school as well. So they really allowed me to take grasp with my education and really take it seriously and not just going with it and just going with the flow. Um, I mean, I not that I was just going with the flow. I do love my education, but... Um, We've all been in those classes where you just... Yeah, you have to power through. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, so... Um, they just helped out so much in so many ways to help me really take a toll on my life, you know, start looking at my credit, you know, like even like realizing what credit was, you know, and because you don't think about that if you're not taught that at a young age, you sure. just like, you just, you're just living life day to day and you're not thinking about how this plays into role, you know, like there's something attached to you that you don't even know about, you know, and it's called a credit score, you know, so, and that's pretty much how people judge you. Um, as a human being pretty much is how high your credit score is you know um, and so it's just like kind of just taking into reality like you know what your debts are you know what have you taken and what have you not paid back you know which is serious too to take responsibility as an adult you know what I mean and so there's just so many different things that um, I've learned since being at Warren Village and that they've helped me um, just advance as well, um, especially with education. I was able to go full-time instead of part-time taking two classes here and two classes there, which, you know, can kind of burn you out after a while. Sure. You're just like, oh, you know, yeah. how much longer? And you're like, well, you got 14 credits, you know, <laughs> 14 out of 60, you know, so it's just... So how many credits do you have now? Um, and now I have 51. Wow. Yes, so I'm almost done. Um, I'm taking uh, 12 credits right now. And uh, then I just have one more practicum. Tell me what that practicum is. Um, it's a it's a practicum. It's almost like a an internship. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they call it practicum, but it's pretty much an internship um, that you just do in the community, um, like I'm doing here now at Denham. Um, so they just recommend that you do something different or something that you didn't think you would like. You know. Um, so you have that lined up. Not yet. I'm not really sure what I want to do with that just quite yet. Um, I have a few options. I did want to work with the youth, um, at youth at risk because that was something else I was interested in. Um, but I was also maybe looking towards a, like domestic violence as well um, or something in the foster care system. Cause sure. I, you know. So you told me earlier that you grew up in the foster care system. Yeah, um, I was in and out of the system um, from a early from a baby, pretty much. Um, I don't remember those times, but um, my mom did let me know that I did go into foster care um, when I was a little baby, and then she got me back. Um, she just really struggled with drugs and alcohol at that time. 
and uh, my whole family was just just really dependent on alcohol and drugs and so we were just going in and out of foster care um, I do remember being in the home for a while probably from like seven to ten uh, for about three years I remember just you know but we moved around a lot you know um, but we um, things just got really bad you know that's a tough way to grow up yeah do you have siblings I do I have three brothers on my mom's side and then one on my dad's side so um, really just the three that I lived with is the ones I was close to are you still close with them um I not really we kind of got separated so just kind of you know cut those relationship ties um my one my one of my younger brothers were really close so we talk a lot um and my older brother we're not really close and um, my younger brother he just he was adopted um, as a baby when we we're going in and out of foster care so he just he just got he he was able to have a stable home um, and not bounce bounce back through families and everything so he was able to stay with one family do you have a relationship with your mother now I do. Um, I, I've always loved my mom and I've, she's always like, she's never really came around us and like, you know, shown her like drug addict side. That's never a side we've ever seen. Uh, we just know that she was gone all the time. So, but when she was around, she was always a loving mother. Like she always made sure we had food and clothes and everything. So it was just like she was doing mother duties as well, you know, just not, you know, consistent with it. Um, but now um, she's been clean and sober for um four years um she uh relapsed a couple years ago and uh, before that she was uh 10 years sober so wow she's had a lot of sobriety she just had a, a few slip-ups in her life as well you know so it's uh, um to be honest she's probably had more sobriety in her life than she had like addict behavior um so that's one thing i can say is that she is able to bounce out of that that environment, you know, and just really um, live a better life. So I hear, I mean, that's great that your mom has had that sobriety and that you still have a relationship with her. Did it take you a while to get to the point where you wanted to have that? Yeah. Um, there was an incident where she did relapse and uh, I... Um, I actually got involved in it, so um, I let her stay at my apartment and I had... Um, just won a little trip to Arizona um, with a friend. So we went out there for it was, um, just a few weeks, you know. Um, and I let my mom stay there. Um, had already paid the rent. And I'm like, you know, just stay here and, you know, relax. And she let her, her ex-husband come in. And um, they um, pretty much just messed up the apartment. So when I came back, um, I was left with, like, an eviction and my name and... Um, everything was just, everything just really went bad from there, you know, like, um, I was homeless for, and that's one of the reasons why I became homeless, um, uh, because the money was stolen for the next, um, uh, rent payment, you know, she had relapsed, so instead of paying the rent, she used it on drugs, so when I came back, I, you know, didn't have anywhere to live, um, and, uh, so how did you get to the point that you, you can talk so positively about your mom um 
I'm just a very forgiving person. It just takes too much energy to hold like negative feelings towards somebody and just regrets and because every time you think of somebody, you have to think of something negative to fill you back up and you know like you've already calmed down and you're like oh no now I need to get the angry again and it just takes too much energy to be angry with people and um I just realize you know when you're younger you don't really see like the struggles your your parents go through you know you're just like you're just a kid so you don't have any worries and so now that I'm an adult and I see like the reality of what the situation was you know the environment that we lived in and the struggles that could happen to anybody you know um I just really really had to forgive my mom you know sure you know because it a struggle can happen to anybody you know so um there was no reason for me to hold things against her you know I was already an adult and I went through the struggles that I had already went through but you know I've forgiven people in my past so that I can move forward you know and not have anything holding on to me good for you yeah thank you so the first time I met you, you told me and a group of people who I was with that you were going to make the world a better place for your son. Mm -hmm. And I also hear you talking about how you're going to, you know, you're getting your degree in human services. And so you've got making the world better for everybody in mind, too. So tell me how a kid gets from in and out of foster care with some rough, rough situations in your childhood tough time kind of getting your feet on the ground as an adult and then you come out and you say I'm going to make the world a better place how did you do that um I mean you just I just had it in me I just knew I wanted something better um for myself when you know just growing up I knew that I did miss out on a lot of opportunities when I was in foster care I didn't have a normal childhood, you know, where I can just go to the park with my family and have picnics or, you know, just go to a, a amusement park, you know, or take vacations, you know. So it was just like, I really miss out on a lot of things as a child, you know, and even a teenager as well, you know. So it was like a lot of my life was taken from me and you don't get those years back at all. So it's just like you missed out on a lot of things and here you are an adult handed with the world and it's just like oh well you know when you're an adult you live the adult life you know you don't really get to have fun like that all the time you have to work you have to save up you have to you know do other things you know to get to where you want to be um and then I had a child so it was like you know that really took a different uh turn <laughs> but um it was like now, instead of wanting that same, you know, aspiration for myself, I want it for him, you know, so that he can have, like, the best childhood that I would have wanted, you know, like, I, I'm going to make sure that he doesn't miss out on those opportunities, you know, I'm going to work hard now while he's young, so when, when he gets older, you know, hey, we're going to take a family vacation to Disney World, you know, it'll be a first time experience for both of us, you know. Um, but I don't want him to miss out on things like that. And I want him, I want us to have fun together, you know, pretty much, um, as a parent, that's what you do, you know? Um, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so if you were to, uh, be able to talk to your 12 year old self, <laughs> what would you tell her? I would tell her um, <laughs> just to go with your own instincts. Um, 
and just listen to yourself because your yourself will tell you right you know uh, most of the time it's a lot of the times I would ask people their advice and think it, it was just right just because I guess somebody else made it sound good you know so not everybody's advice works for you you know you just have to kind of live for yourself and live and learn in those situations so that you can know for yourself like well this happened before you know um and that's probably tell my 12 year old self is just just you know um listen to yourself yeah, i think that's really good advice mm -hmm. and if you were to um identify the most impactful thing in your life what would that be hmm the most impactful thing in my life um I would have to say honestly when my son was born because everything else before then like didn't even matter you know everything every struggle I've ever went through it, it really didn't matter because it was like I have to think on a fresh start you know this is a fresh mind you know I can't put these problems on him because that never affected him you know so it's like how do I do that you know like I have to clear my mind of this stuff you know um and it's easier said than done <laughs> you know and just having to learn who this little person is you know like having to learn what a human being that's is it's crazy you know it's like you really don't understand the feeling unless you've done it you know just to know that whatever you teach this little person you know that's what they know and then you send that's what you send them off into the world you know so it makes you think like well what am I going to teach them you know so here at Denim we talk a lot about hope we feel like it's a really necessary thing for everybody to have that I need to have hope for our organization and for the people who come here, but more importantly, they need to have hope for themselves. And it's a way of goal setting. What are your hopes for yourself? My hopes for myself is to, um, first off, get my license. <laughs> Driver's so, license? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of weird, but um, I just had a situation when I was 15. Um, I ended up still in a car with a girl who I thought was my friend and uh, she let another person drive in he ended up crashing the car so um, we were stuck with the payment of the car so at 15 I was ordered to pay $22,000 and on top of that I was also committed to the Denver Youth Corrections facilities for zero to two years um, and it actually ended up being longer because you know the processing it just takes it takes a long time so it ended up being like four years that I was like in juvenile jail and um and there they told me I didn't have to pay the you know pay that amount um but then when I was out um when I was 18 they started garnishing my check so um I've just been paying on this amount since I was 18 years old and I was told that I can't get a license until that was paid off. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I so um, it's something I'm going back to court for because I felt like I was just misrepresented as a juvenile. Um, 
and just not really knowing what you know just not knowing what the system was or anything that you know was happening and I just kind of felt like you know um yeah so I'm just kind of going you know going to court for that and just trying to move forward for that from that um that's your first step good yeah I mean no I've because I've I've paid on it for a long time you know because I feel like you know I I do I'm a very responsible person I will take responsibility for the things that I've done because I feel like you can't move forward with if you don't do that you know um and I just feel like in that situation I've I've proven myself um (laughs) in the ways that I don't feel like other people would Um, you know, I've consistently paid on this and I've worked hard to still work around it and even like literally being, you know, just forced into poverty because of this, you know, like, you know, like this amount of money that the government wants knowing that I don't have the means to make, you know, pay this, you know, and, and live, oh, and live, (laughs) you know, it's literally like either or, you know, in that type of situation and, it's just crazy that I'm 27 and I'm still going through these struggles, you know. I'm almost 30 years old. <clears throat> you're, you're plugging away at it. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't have any tissues <laughs> in here. I, uh, last time I did one of these, yeah. I was like, I need to bring tissues in, so. Good for you. So, um, you want to take a break? Okay. <laughs> Get a little teary eyed sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough situation. What other hopes do you have? <laughs> um, I just hope to, you know, just give this best life to my son. You know, he's like, he just has this high energy and he's just so bright and he's just so, he's like the best baby in the world. So, um, I just, uh, I just hope to do the best for him, you know, and just really know what he wants and just steer him in the right direction. And I just hope to get where I want to be, you know, like on my feet and just have like something to fall back on. You know, ultimately, I hope to buy a house, you know what I'm saying, so that I can have something to pass down in in my family, so I can pass it down to him and just keep it, you know, start a family tradition or something like that, you know, something family-oriented. So I just hope to start a new family, new family dynamic within, you know, me and my son, pretty much. Nice. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel telling your story? It feels good, um, because it's like, you can just be lost in the dark sometimes, you know, it's just like, you're just like, lost to the world, you know, some people, people will never know your struggle, never know your problem, even know that you're going through anything, and there's just something inside of you that wants to scream out, like, you know, I need help, you know, but then there's also that same thing that's keeping it inside because you're so embarrassed you know so um yeah tell me something that you would like people to know about you that they don't know um (laughs) that they don't know 
I don't know. I guess I'm just a really resilient person. I'm just, I mean, I guess you can see it after so long, you know, um, being with me. I'm just, um, I guess like I'm just, I guess people don't know that I don't really give myself as much credit, you know, for the things I've done. I'm just really just kind of nonchalant about it. Like, oh yeah, I just did an interview on the news. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, so I guess I just don't really give myself credit for the things that I've done. Well, I want to tell you that I am really grateful for you sharing your story with us and sharing your story with the people who are going to listen to our podcast. But most, I want you to hear that I think your voice matters. And I think it's important that you tell your story, that you are kind of a product of your environment. And some of the things that have happened to you were out of your control. Some of them were in your control. And making mistakes is no different for you than it is for anybody else, except that some of the mistakes you've made have had very long-term implications for you. And that despite all of that, what you're determined to do is to make the world a better place and to raise a happy son and to do all you can. So for that, I just want to say thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Any last words you want to tell us? (laughs) Um, no, I just, uh, thank you so much for listening to me, listening to my story. Hope it inspires people, you know, just to know that you just keep pushing no matter what's in front of you. Um, cause you never know what's on the other side, really. If you just stop, you're just there. You just, you start, you, you're not going anywhere at all. So you just never know what lies ahead and that's just kind of what keeps me going and keeps me pushing each day you just just never know and I just want people to know that you know you just keep pushing no matter what even if you just feel defeated because if you stop you just you stop you're not going anywhere and you're going to end up going somewhere at some time you know you're going to get fed up with that just being stagnant did you uh did you feel like giving up Oh, plenty of times, yeah. How did you not <laughs> give up? Um, I guess sometimes, like, I did kind of just give up, you know. I'm just like, you know what, I don't want to do this. But then it's just like, once you decide you want to do it, you're just behind a little, you know. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just was like, I can't, I can't stop. That's what I just kept telling myself. I just can't stop, you know. I just just prayed and just, you know, um, really learned to use my resources as well, which is a good tool to use, you know, like resources, resources. So <laughs> that'll make you a good case manager. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Good job. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this up and, uh, we'll get you back to your internship. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yep. Precious wants us all to know to keep pushing. I am so inspired by her desire to be positive and to make the world a better place for her son. I think we forget that those who often experience the most hardship are the same people who work the most for others. We experience this with those who come to Denim for services every day and want to give them the opportunity to tell their story and let them know your voice matters.